I mean, we saw what happened when there was more interconnectivity with communications over the internet. What the internet did for communications, I think Bitcoin and Lightning can do for monetary financial services. So. Today is June 3rd, 2023. It's 9.14 a.m. Griff, we're here for a May review and a killer conversation with a guest. But how has your May been, Griff? Um, it's been good. And since the last time we had Charlie on, you introduced the last one. It was like, oh, you just had ACL surgery. And it was that was an awful time compared to where I'm at now. <laughs> I mean, like I was optimistic in the face of it, but it sucked. Uh, but now it's good. Uh, got my life back quite a bit. Uh, you, I you just you moved you. apartments, right? Huh? You moved apartments? I moved apartments. I moved across spot. town, which is important in California sometimes to get into a nicer, maybe a little spot. Uh, I also visited Nick. He got married. Where's the ring? Look at it. Officially rocking some jewelry, and was, uh, Griff and I got to see each other for the very first time since the last time we dapped each other up in Albany and said, see you in a couple weeks after spring break, bro. Yeah, dude, that <laughs> was, really, it was really crazy because we are technically like COVID friends, you know? We yep. are forged in the fire of whatever that ridiculousness was. And it's really crazy. Um, I don't know if this will contribute to the adoption of Bitcoin per se, but it can't take much longer for public consensus to start to speed up towards people who have uh, different theories than the CDC or the government. Like people are going to have to start finding outlets they trust and uh, parties they trust outside of like <clears throat> state sponsored entities or just these massive conglomerates that are obviously working in conjunction with the government anyway. Um, but yeah, it was pretty surreal seeing Nick. <laughs> It was wild, but it was cool. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, Nick's one of, one of the other groomsmen also is like uh, Nico. Special shout out to him. Should have his own podcast of some sort. I mean, the guy will argue about anything. Uh, he loves every token that comes out. Loves Bitcoin, but is a huge token guy. So it was a fantastic weekend of just arguing about absolute nonsense <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> Um, especially because when you argue with token people like that, like Bitcoin, they're like, oh yeah, but Bitcoin is like, for sure. It's like, for sure. You're like, yeah, like I just, I don't, I don't understand why you're doing all the other stuff. Like, I just don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, you ex please explain to me your crypto. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't really get it. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah, but the cool thing is, is like we have obviously we have Charlie on today and that is <clears throat> basically like uh, crypto is trying to accomplish uh, things like smart contracts, things like NFTs, uh, trying to build business essentially with crypto, like these Web3 platforms. Um, and we've been obviously very critical on this show of crypto. We don't really even talk about it because it's pointless, but to my understanding and obviously like we start doing these episodes every month or so what's been getting really hot and we actually talked to charlie not even what four months ago and that was just the start of ordinals and inscriptions and some of the things that were like being said then because charlie is the guy for these types of things and we're talking about uh real companies real layers getting built onto bitcoin right now that kind of make nico 
to round this off, make them kind of look a little bit silly because the thing in Bitcoin when you get into it is Bitcoin will have everything. It'll have it. You just got to give it time and it'll probably get built slower because it is truly decentralized. And we can talk about obviously all the rabbit holes um, that make it decentralized, but also it can get quite political and um, there's a lot of game theory and a lot of people think these things out. But like Charlie, Charlie was saying like the last time that he was on um, not only like money is a communication layer, but Bitcoin being a data layer, ordinals are going hard and fast. It's not really, it's really just like a free for all. We're just like building things super fast. We don't know where it's going to be. I even remember him saying, is inscribing JPEGs onto the blockchain, like ultimately where this is going to start and stop? No, but it's a start. And we're talking about getting a lot of people onto Bitcoin. Mm. Um, and I just thought it was awesome because when he was on last time, he said this will double Bitcoin's user base. That was four months ago. That's like mm. a direct quote. And mm. I have seen the metrics. I don't pay attention too much to, um, I guess, how many ordinals and inscriptions or BRC20 tokens or other. There's other things out now. It's not just like BRC20. There's lots of other cool projects that are trying to get introduced into the Bitcoin ecosystem. Uh, <clears throat> Lightning. Obviously, I don't know if they're all competitive with Lightning. That's some of the things that we want to ask. But I I want to say that it's probably doubled Bitcoin's user base already. I mean, potentially, that's what a lot of people are kind of shouting from the rooftops. But I guess that's what we'll get into. But anywho, yeah. Nico, get on board, brother. Okay? <laughs> You're going to get left behind. You're going to be getting called out on the yeah, show today. I, I saw one, one last thing on the crypto thing because it's comical, dude. Like it literally it is just so comical how it unravels itself. 36% of all staked ETH tokens are held by one entity. That came out, I think, in the last week. Yeah. Uh what are we what are we doing? We just like are like openly rug pulling people and there are just all kinds of things that are happening in that space that I think are just like feast or famine situation. But anywho, here we go. It has been an interesting May, Griff. Yeah, you mentioned got married. I'm officially rocking uh, the ring now. That's awesome. Had a ton of fun getting to see you and, and the rest of the fellas. Um, we also had a, a little debt ceiling uh, excitement. You know, it's all the, the horse and pony show. You know, it's all bullshit anyways. But uh, they completely suspended the debt limit through 2025, January 1 of 2025. So there is no debt limit at this point which is always exciting. Um, and of course they're, you know, they have to go back through and they have to, they have to play like it's a real problem. Yeah. So that's, it's interesting to see those things, but I think it's important to note that the network Bitcoin with a big B, right? Bitcoin with a big B, the network, uh, man, it's still doing what it's supposed to still cranking blocks out every 10 minutes. The protocol is still the protocol, uh, has not changed. Hash rates are at all time highs. You know, I saw something, Grip, that I thought was kind of interesting, and maybe we'll have to get Charlie's opinion on this. Uh, but I think uh, hash rate was something that you can look at as an early indicator, not as a lagging indicator, and that price kind of follows as a lagging indicator the hash rate. Um, and I don't know, maybe maybe there is some truth to that. Maybe it's maybe loosely connected. But hash rate is at all-time highs. Uh, all-time high levels anyways right now, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, I was also talking with Charlie the other day. He said that the all the all the operations that are coming online uh, now were, were projects that were maybe started several months in the past. 
Um, so the hash rate that we're seeing is actually lagging behind as opposed to new operations that are going up right now, which is kind of interesting. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, transaction counts in the network are at all-time highs. Confirmed transactions per day are at all-time highs. Uh, I think it's so important to note with a couple of those pieces that, man, Bitcoin with a big B, the network is operating as it's supposed to. We know that there's all this controversy. There's a lot of conversation about, you know, what's happening to the Bitcoin base layer? Should inscriptions be added to the, to the, to the base layer? Should we be minting tokens on the Bitcoin base layer? There's all these conversations about this. So also at this same time, Griff, we are looking at all-time high fees uh, and long wait times for transactions with low fee rates attached to them. Um, you know, we're seeing, I mean, that's, that's an interesting piece, right? We know that Bitcoin, the base layer, isn't exactly built for scalability, um, but at the same time, we don't want to run into the same issue as Ethereum where, it, you know, you want to send 50 bucks and it costs you 100 bucks to send it uh, or, or whatever the exact uh, example and ratios would be. You know, the point is that if it takes if it costs way too much to send amounts, you know, then it just becomes inefficient. Um, and so, you know, first thought is, you know, how do we how do we change the protocol? Uh, you know, what is causing these things? I think it's appropriate to bring our guest in here so we can start having some of these conversations. So, Charlie, we're a huge fan. Happy to have you on the show again, brother. Welcome on. How has your May been? How are you doing today? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, May's been insane. It's, it's funny because last time I was on this in February was one of the first times I was talking about this publicly. I've been talking about it in my own little internal channels, the chaos of what, what is now called the Ordicord, the Ordinals Discord. Um, and basically since then, all I have done is wake up, work on Ordinals and Ordinals related things, and then go to sleep. And then travel, go to conferences, talk about Ordinals, build things related to ordinals so long story short to tie a loop on that i now have joined luxor mining the the second largest north american mining pool and we are building uh their uh site ordinal hub as well as a lot of other interesting integrations into a company like that so um i still i still mine bitcoin we're still actually commissioning a site as we speak um the thing is is that my focus is now on ordinals and i cannot tell you how exciting that after a decade of being in bitcoin it feels the freshest it's ever been and i feel like i'm learning about it with fresh eyes so yeah that's really cool i'm excited for you charlie you're you're, you're such an interesting guy uh, just in general and so happy to have you on the podcast before we get into some of those topics we were getting into we had had a conversation just the other day and you said a couple things that i thought were really interesting that'll kind of help us uh you know add some context to a couple things Griff said earlier and, and help lead us into the conversation. You said you've onboarded, I think, 2,200 or 2,100 people uh, into Bitcoin, set up full nodes for them the past few months. That's awesome. Hit on that piece for a second, as far as new users coming onto the network. Yeah. So I'm actually just talking about full nodes and it's not just me, but it's me and a team of what I would like call volunteers uh, who hang out uh, a lot in the months of February and March where uh, we would hang out in these chat groups because there were no resources available to talk and educate people how to do this. Um, and we would just explain this shit to people all day from uh, how do you install and run a full node on whatever uh, computer or device you have 
how then do you run um, uh, the ordinals client or the ord client on top of that? And then how do you kind of uh, uh, use it to actually make inscriptions? The thing is, the, the way Casey designed uh, how, you need, how you make inscriptions is that you needed to run a full node in order to do that. And so this has created an incredible incentive where we've seen the node count of how many people running Bitcoin nodes there are increase by 15% over the past four, four months. Wow, um, this is a non-trivial amount, and I would say it is singularly attributable to ordinals and inscriptions. And of that, mm. and I, so that's also just reachable nodes. If we include it to Tor, we could probably say it's more like, it may be like 30% more. Wow. And... Um, I would say me and the handful of friends who I, I want to name, but they're, they're, I can't, um, they, we are probably uh, at, uh, responsible for half of that. So there wow. is, it is wild. I have spent a decade trying to teach people about Bitcoin. And in a weekend, I uh, onboarded more people to running full nodes than I had in my entire career. So wow. that's really cool. And then another, the other piece here that, um, that you added that I thought was really interesting and something that we'll, we'll definitely get into as we get into the topics is, and, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, so correct me if I'm wrong here in your thought uh, or, or the kind of idea, but previously these types of projects have been built on other chains and on, uh, in, let's just call them other destinations, other places that these things have been built, whereas now they're being built directly in and on Bitcoin. And... Uh, Previously, if and when those things crashed, they crashed into nothing because they were built on, uh, you know, nothing, right? Now, because it's being built in and on Bitcoin, if and when these things cave in, uh, and also to access and utilize, you have to buy Bitcoin. You have to interact directly with the Bitcoin network, um, which ultimately brings more people to Bitcoin. And you had mentioned this being one of the biggest onboarding events that you think you've ever seen. Um, is that true? And, and what's your thought on that? I, you know, if you'd asked me two months ago, I would have said maybe. I think so. It's it's certainly huge. Um, having a little bit of opportunity to look back on it, I it definitely is. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this. Um, outside of just a secular bull market and bull trend, the, uh, that you can attribute to more people buying Bitcoin because they want to buy because the price is going up. If we want to uh, define a specific event in Bitcoin's life, this is the biggest one. Uh, I don't think it's really even close. Wow. It's hard wow. to describe how many new people who would have never bought Bitcoin otherwise, or I don't think would have bought Bitcoin anytime soon, uh, have been buying it. And they're buying it for reasons which we never could have predicted. Um, look at like what a lot of the Ethereum network is and what everybody is investing on on Ethereum, which is NFTs. The, even the Ethereum people could not have predicted NFTs as one of the dominant onboarding trends to their blockchain last cycle in the same way. And now this is like core to like when people talk about the pathway that, that Ethereum grows, they, in, they invariably integrate NFTs into that. In the same way, um, the, this type of thing, which is analogous to NFTs, uh, at least on the short term, is one of the greatest onboarding events in Bitcoin we've ever seen. I think that, that that is just the tip of the iceberg here. And I think NFTs doesn't really capture what's going on. I think this says NFTs are inferior and are a shadow of what they, they really should be. And inscriptions 
are the true manifestation of this. And, and so what we're seeing is that uh, I think there's really, I, I do think there's value in other blockchains, but I don't really like, I'm just really glad that I don't think I have to pay attention to that anymore. I can focus on Bitcoin now because what, we be, what we've always said, which is everything will collapse onto Bitcoin. I think this is like the first real uh, experience of that at scale where these things are collapsing onto Bitcoin. And it's weird because it always could have. Nothing changed. Nothing on the Bitcoin protocol changed. Simply new ideas and fresh eyes on Bitcoin. And uh, that is kind of what the message I want to say, which is we have said Bitcoin should ossify. Bitcoin should, um, uh, Bitcoin's strength is in its immutability and its unchanging nature. And I want to say um, that, is, uh, that is one of the things which we're discovering uh, actually underpins a lot of the, where we can extend further and we can extrapolate further. Um, I'm just glad that after five to six years, I can stop paying attention to Ethereum and Solana and Cardano <laughs> and Tezos because all of the interesting things happening on those blockchains now happen on Bitcoin. And I think this is uh, just the beginning. This is the harbinger of what is a, of a cataclysmic event uh, for everything that's not Bitcoin. I take yeah. this view that there is more that we don't know about Bitcoin than we currently know about Bitcoin. And that's that's actually funny. You said that on the last podcast. Yeah, so I consider myself kind of a Bitcoin mystic. Um, <clears throat> so I've for a long time I've said I love this narrative that Bitcoin is the hardest money because I agree. I think it's one of the strongest mimetic qualities and mimetic narratives of Bitcoin. But I but I've also for many years been on the record saying. I, I think there's more to this. It's not like how I communicate about Bitcoin. I like to align with people who say that, but I think there's a lot more going on and it's hard for me to really like explain what I think it is. But I actually think I'm able to kind of communicate what I actually been thinking. So um, we in human history, we have separated what is the, mo what is the monetary thing what is, and what is the information thing. And as over the over the centuries and millennia, with giant leaps in technology, uh, whether it be fire to agriculture to different types of human governance and society and metallurgy and the and the industrial revolution, the the things which are information, which are often carried in the form of human interaction and social network and the way humans coordinate, this information gets closer and closer to what is the monetary component. And so if we think of money and information and energy as all being different things and different types of ways of communicating what is uh, human consensus, um, we see that over the long bent of human history, these things get closer and closer and closer and more interlinked. And with mm. Bitcoin, mm. these things are actually in the same network, all the same thing. And the problem with, with us humans is that wow. we, t we, we have historically differentiated and said these things are di different and distinct. But I think they are actually all the same thing. And, um, and a network, which is all of those things, is money and it is information and it is energy. It may be other things too. But I like to say that it's the wrong mental model to say Bitcoin is either a monetary network or an information network, or there's some hierarchical component to money, information, and energy, 
or people say money and energy is the same thing. I really want to expand this and, and say these are all the same thing. Information is money, and therefore Bitcoin is a consensus for these three things, which are energy, money, and information. I think it can mm. be broader than that. But this is why I think the wrong mental model is to think about Bitcoin as a as a as a as it is the hardest money only, and rather it is the hardest and strongest form of human consensus. Money mm. is the way humans arrive at and communicate consensus, and um, and I think it's going to be much more than that. So this is why I look at Bitcoin has this what's called data blob or data availability component to it. Um, I think we'll use different words in the future, but this is where information is Bitcoin, and this is where money is Bitcoin, and the Bitcoin network is all of these things. These are not to be differentiated, but rather harmonized. Bitcoin's base layer and block space is very valuable, and it's, it's, it will be priced accordingly. I've said for years that sending a Bitcoin transaction in, in 30 years might be kind of like chartering a, you know, a tanker, um, where it is this like very involved, expensive thing which has which represents incredible value to transact on the most secure base layer um this could be the wrong mental model but i think it's like good to like talk about just to say that bitcoin bitcoin is undervalued it is too cheap to use right now this is something i would say even today i think it's too cheap to use and so when we talk about bitcoin scaling um lightning is very very cool it has some shortcomings and I think people, I think a lot of Bitcoin maximalists have tried to say the hand wave and say it's the only way to, for Bitcoin to scale. And it solves all these things. And it's this miraculous like silver bullet. And it, it's really good at some things. There are many, many ways which, which things which are that people are working on. And I think haven't really gotten a lot of traction because they've not been popular. They've not been the darling child of the narrative. Um, tarot, RGB. Side chains, God forbid I say drive chains again, um, Fediment, Federations, Mutiny Network, um, <clears throat> ARC. These are words that you're going to start hearing because what happened four months, six months ago was that Pandora's box was opened to now start talking about new interesting ways of scaling Bitcoin. And um, we're going to discover that Lightning has strengths and weaknesses. And so do federated networks uh, on Lightning. And then so does, say, this new thing called ARC or RGB, really good Bitcoin, side chains, or what it's called, space chains is another thing. These are interesting ideas, um, which I feel have just not been explored because the low-hanging fruit for people to make money has been to go do similar things like that and then add a token to it. Mm-hmm. So now your venture capital can have a liquid exit sooner than they would in a normal like kind of uh, investment. And um, we've seen that turn into this, this you know, perversion of incentive. And uh, so I'm not necessarily against tokenization. Um, I don't want to come hard against that. I want, to, uh, I want to say rather most tokenization I see tends to be like bad. And... Um, <clears throat> And I, and I think most of this can be accomplished without that, without a perversion of incentive. And, um, and uh, we're going to, this is a new era 
for cool ideas, new ideas on Bitcoin. And we're just getting started. Ordinals is just the beginning. I think Ordinals will, main, will remain a dominant part of the narrative, um, but uh, it's just the beginning. And it's, it's so absolutely uh, exciting. Charlie, I think, uh, I think the, the thought process on the competitiveness of block space, um, man, what you're saying, it really, is, it really is interesting. It's like, wait a minute, let's stop and think about this. We're, we're talking about the most secure um, and decentralized consensus protocol and network that is able to hold information and how, how could how could we not expect the the cost of using that to reflect its value um, now I think it, it is interesting because um, you know one of the things that I'd had in, in here as far as to talk about we're kind of already getting into which is BRC20 tokens Charlie I'm gonna give you a couple of questions and then let's just roll on this so um, laying the foundation what what does BRC20 stand for um, and what are BRC20 tokens? So within inscription, we, uh, people have been putting all types of data, um, a lot of it being pictures, which look like NFTs, but people put videos. Um, people have put like dynamic HTML where you can run programs on Bitcoin. It's pretty cool. Um, and uh, the way this goes is you create what's like, what's called an envelope on, in, the sec, in, the, in the witness data where you say, um, here's a line that says what comes next is an inscription, then the inscription data, uh, and then that goes into transaction. <clears throat> um, within that, uh, we now have, uh, uh, in early March, this guy named Domo uh, proposed, well, um, I've got this idea for this cool experimental idea where uh, instead of putting like a image or like a video, I'm going to take what's called a JSON file, JSON, which is a kind of a human readable version of text um, <clears throat> and we're going to create a system or a standard to now just start track uh, creating and tracking fungible tokens on Bitcoin um, and uh, it the it's going to act more like a messaging protocol than an actual like balance state update thing that means that like the the the, the JSONs themselves don't actually say this person has this much of this token but rather this address sends or mints X number of tokens and then have some third party outside tracker track the state of the balances. And so um, it's really interesting. I actually wrote about it back in the first week of March, um, kind of describing what it is. We talked a lot about it on kind of in the kind of these small like Twitter spaces and Discord groups. And, it, you know, it was interesting. Um, I thought that was going to be the end of it. It created a little bit of high fee environment back in early March, and I wrote about it. Um, and I thought that was probably the end of it because, because um, I thought one, it didn't really have a lot of. Uh, I, I didn't really think it was a like a very compelling thing. I didn't really think people wanted to put fungible tokens on Bitcoin. That's clearly wrong. Um, and then two, uh, it's just uh, it's just a goofy idea. It's, uh, I'm showing my cards here, and I was, we were very critical of it back then. It is uh, unbelievably poor design and inefficient and uh, ridiculous to use um, in a real-world setting. However, um, uh, it's become very, very popular. And um, 
uh, that's because like the you you have a secular meme coin narrative outside of Bitcoin, the Pepe of you know going on, and then you have um, that kind of meme memetic nature happen to like coincide with BRC20s on Bitcoin, which created a bunch of meme coins in BRC20s. Because it's very easy for normal people who have no idea what's going on to click a few buttons and create a token and then promote it and get a ton of market cap. And that's really cool. I actually don't want to like, dec- I don't want to like discount that too much because that's a very powerful adoption mechanism. So, um, you know, uh, I have disclosure spoken a lot with the creator of this of this protocol domo is his name we are in um private chats talking about how we can build interesting things um you know two or three months ago me and cypher and some other people were like hey this is a really we don't like it but maybe if somebody wants to work with us we can help improve the standard of it maybe make it something more reasonable didn't get a lot of traction back then and then a couple months later, BRC20s blew up, and now we're kind of like, well, maybe we just revisit this again. So we're we're talking about this. Um, BRC20s can exist without ordinal theory. This is something a lot of people don't know, in that um, you don't need ordinal theory for BRC20s to exist, at least in how they currently exist, because they're tracked by address and not by ordinal. This is more of a condemnation of the index, the state of indexers, which are absolute fucking dog shit. You can quote me on that. Um, and I think it's a huge issue. Um, and uh but i think the i think it's fun um you've had you had bit god who again go listen to my interview with bit god on um on ordinalhub.com's blog um you have uh bit god uh you know going from 0 to 150,000 followers in a couple months and launching the OXBT token which was one of the largest singular onboarding events of bitcoin and it's been absolutely wild. Um, but I will say, let's read through the documentation that Domo himself wrote that I thought everybody would read. And I quote at the top, BRC20 on his Gitbook. Read every word if you decide to test in big bold letters. These will be worthless. Use at your own risk. Quote, this is a fun experimental standard demonstrating that you can create off-chain balance states with inscriptions it is by no means to, should be considered the standard for fungibility on Bitcoin with ordinals, as I believe there are almost certainly better design choices and optimization improvements to be made. Specifically, tarot. Quote, tarot is unequivocally a better solution. Um, so uh, I would share this view. Um, and uh, however, it has gotten everybody excited about Bitcoin. So I try to like match my criticisms criticisms of it with my endorsement of it because um, I think people who moralize over whether you should and shouldn't are missing the point. I think the, a better conversation is over um, rather what is the best decision uh, and how can we educate people about these. Um, I think it's shown that that users really value this idea of a fair and open launch and fair and open network. This has been the main uh, kind of like endorsement of these and like, well, you can't change the supply. Oh, it's open to mint. And I, you know, these come with a lot of caveats, but like this speaks to just how shitty everything else has been on other chains. The, you, anything you deploy on Ethereum can be an upgradable contract. 
Um, a lot of people don't know. Tether was originally on Bitcoin in the Omni protocol in 2014. Tether spent four years without starting to move to Ethereum. And now people think that Tether is an Ethereum thing. No, rather, fungible tokens got their start on Bitcoin um, a decade ago. Um, they've just been kind of put off to the side as people uh, go and do their frivolous activity elsewhere. But now they're back. And I think they're back and here to stay because the, what we realize is fung fungible tokens and these things need some base layer security. And even though BRC20, I think, is the dumbest thing ever, um, what it does is say Bitcoin's base layer is valuable and we're going to bootstrap things that can't be changed, at least on the base layer, because it is this source of truth. Um, so anyway, um, that's a lot of thoughts and a lot of criticism. And I would love to talk more about this. Uh, yeah. Charlie, it's beautiful words. Uh, great. Always great to have you on. Such a fun guest to have on to explore new ideas. Um, you know, kind of taking some words out of your mouth from previous interviews. Um, you know, for us, it's I think it's interesting to talk about um, things that are uh, around the Bitcoin area that maybe aren't exactly Bitcoin because it's all connected in some way, shape or form. Um, so I think that that is cool. I think, uh, you know, Griff and I are are advocates for Bitcoin and the things you talked about a second ago, dollar cost average, stay humble and stack sats, self-custody your Bitcoin. Uh, these are great. These are great um, adages that we need to continue on with. Uh, and then I want to finish up with uh, one thought that we kind of talked about very in, in the very beginning here. And that is that all of this is now being built directly on and in Bitcoin uh, like it never has been before. And I got to say that, man, that's a big bull signal for for uh, Bitcoin uh, with a big B and Bitcoin with a little B. Uh, I think that that's really exciting. I'm excited to see, you know, what this turns out to, to look like maybe over the next six months, over the next, uh, you know, couple of years, what this was really going to be. Only time will tell. I'm excited about that. But Charlie, it's always a pleasure having you on, man. We're excited about it. And uh, we'll, we'll see you. We'll see you again sometime soon here. But cool. Peace, guys. Griff. What a cool conversation. I know that we uh, we obviously had our own conversation earlier this week about a couple of those topics, and we've been thinking about it for a little while. So I thought it was a super cool conversation. Do you have any concluding thoughts for the PPL? Just kind of, <clears throat> no, my mind's a little bit blown. I think it's really cool. You know, I was just listening intently to the podcast we did four months ago. And Nick and I have stopped doing podcasts week over week over week because honestly, during the bear market, kind of like what is being said uh, in bear market, <clears throat> mind you, some of us stacked really hard last year and we're not really feeling like we're in a bear market anymore. But uh, but aside from that, yeah, it's been like a little um, – it's been a little sideways. It's been a little uh, – everybody knows that lightning or something on the layer two needs to work out. People are understanding of this, absolutely. Bitcoiners are understanding of this. And we're tired of the FTXs and the cryptos and the Ethereums and the, these, like Charlie said, that tokenize outside of Bitcoin's blockchain. We're tired of it because then I got to go explain to my parents or my grandparents or whoever is trying to get into Bitcoin. Oh, but there's all these other ones. 
yeah, they're scams. Well, then I sound like I'm selling snake oil to them, even though I'm not trying to sell them shit. I don't care. Don't buy the Bitcoin then. I, I don't care. But what I'm saying is, um, is I think that this is actually, there's still going to be a lot of turmoil. It's a small network, so to speak, on a large scale. It's pretty exciting because I've been in Bitcoin now for, uh, not, I've not been here long, but I've been, been in Bitcoin uh, like the end of 2019. So I've been in it a fair chunk. I mean, over three years, I've been do like, pr- like preaching Bitcoin from the mountaintops, as Nick knows. Like I've been like, this stuff is like so cool. It's like, the, it's like I'm very passionate about it because of what it can do for people. Uh, we don't need quantum. We, we might need quantum computing, but what about the world's largest supercomputer just being human beings and the fact that there's a whole bunch of human beings that quite literally can't express their true economic value with their intelligence mm-hmm. or what they have because yeah. they're, they're oppressed by the current uh, monetary system. And, and that's not to, I'm not to say that the current monetary system didn't do well. I've, people get mad at me for saying that because it's the dollar. It's done well. But it obviously greed, centralization, uh, politics, um, financing too much, too many bad bets by people at the top of these centralized groups. Just too many bad bets. You're wrong too many times. And all of a sudden it becomes a huge problem for the little guy. Uh, That's getting exacerbated right now. We didn't even really we're not even getting to talk about how Bitcoin is winning the economic narrative of just money. It's also now winning the narrative of information sharing, data sharing, digital art, but also where that is going to go. Everybody is kind of in line. Even a lot of banks were in line. There's a lot of money that was invested into Ethereum because they thought maybe it could do it. Well, what happens when all of a sudden instead of 30 million or whatever billion dollars, because if you saw that chart, there's like no money in crypto now. Of course, there's no money in crypto. It was all a scam anyway. But what happens when a lot of economic incentive or economic capital or just power in general gets actually thrown into some of these layer two companies and people start seeing the investment side of it? Yeah, I think it's gonna be really cool. But yeah, that was uh, probably my favorite episode we've done in a long time. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I thought it was really good. Uh, Guys, if you are not watching us, we do have video on Spotify and YouTube. I believe this is going to be video posted to Twitter as well. Come check us out down here on Twitter. It's at Nick and Griff show. That's spelled out just how the show is. Come check us out on Twitter. Um, yeah, we will see you guys coming in uh, later this month. Today is yeah June 3rd here. So we will do another monthly episode towards the end of this month, maybe beginning of July. Um, you guys stay humble. Stack sats. Buy Bitcoin every month if you can, as much as you can every month uh, on a responsible basis. You have to decide what that is. You've got to know what that is. Self-custody your Bitcoin, and uh, we'll see you next month. Peace.